Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, Rise Together fam. We are here with a conversation that uh, I'm going to be honest. I like was just talking to our guests. I know so little about this topic that I am going to be here as a, a curious person interested in understanding so much more about the world that they operate and live inside of. And uh, my hope out of this is, I think the same thing that they might have as a hope for this, that uh, by understanding psilocybin, in understanding plant medicine, that uh, you might also become somewhat curious and maybe even have some of the taboo that I have for most of my life had. Uh, taken into a different kind of a space because of information and knowledge. My guests today are Megan and Nicole Michelena, and they are people who live and work as experts with psilocybin, working around shifting neuroplasticity, having conversation around the balancing of masculine and feminine, and this entire world lives inside of this world of plant medicine. And uh, when their team reached out, I was like, man, I know, as I said, absolutely nothing about this world. So I am, uh, I'm here as a curious person who is himself on a healing journey, who has for so much of my life been pretty kind of straightforward in how I've approached healing or therapy in kind of more traditional terms. And I also, I think, find myself at 47 more open to understanding every single thing that might be available to helping someone in healing. And so I'm excited that you guys are here. here. Welcome, Megan and Nicole. Thank you for coming on the Rise Together podcast. Welcome to Rise Together. My name is Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. 
Dave, for having us. We're super excited to be here. And, um, you know, to have an, have an uncomfortable, comfortable conversation about something that's been really taboo for a very long time. Yeah. And it's funny because you're definitely not alone. Uh, we grew up very strict household, none of this. So we've actually had a very fast track introduction into this. So uh, we're coming from very similar backgrounds and that this was all very taboo at one point until we um, understood what we didn't know because you don't know what you don't know. So, All right. So for the person who is listening, they're like, plant medicine, psilocybin. What are these words? Uh, you know, we're talking about mushrooms. Uh, we're talking about psychedelics. But for anyone who just doesn't have a broad understanding, like I don't, of what psilocybin and plant medicine and anything inside of this like psychedelic space ends up being. Can you explain a little bit of what it is before we even dive into a little bit of how you found yourself in it? Yeah, absolutely. So funny story. Um, I have a really amazing girlfriend that lives in Laguna Beach and we've been friends. We became friends when I was a yoga teacher in San Francisco. And, uh, I'm from an aviation background. I was actually a private flight attendant before COVID hit. And so, like I said, this has been a fast track for me of like straight edge to uh, going out to Laguna Beach and being introduced to something that in America we call hape, but in shamanic medicine, it's called rape. And it's actually a snuff or it's nicotine mixed with different types of herbs. And I went to a sound bath healing and I don't know what it is that possessed me because I've always been very straight edge, but I had a shaman come up and say, you know, have you ever used this? And I was like, let's go for it. And we did the left nostril first and the right nostril second. The left nostril is called death and the right is rebirth. Left is feminine or yin and right is masculine, which is yang. Um, and it lit up my world. I had been a yoga teacher for eight years at that point. Uh, understood the chakras or the energy fields in the body, all of that, but I'd never really experienced them. And I tell you what, Dave, it lit my entire, like I saw white light when he blew it up my left nostril and it caught in my heart chakra. And it was interesting because the biggest heartbreak I've had in my life kind of like was playing out in my mind. And it was the weirdest thing. I felt like I was hallucinating. And then once that cleared, it went down and hit my root chakra and I just felt like the earth underneath me. And then all of a sudden I could feel the music in the cells of my body. And I was like, what just happened? And it was funny because why I couldn't breathe, I was like, I'm going to die. And he's like, it's called a death. Just breathe. And my girlfriend Benet is like, it's fine. Just breathe. You're going to be fine. And she's almost laughing because I'm sitting there like I'm dying <laughs> anyway. And then he was like, I have to do the right. So this was my introductory into plant medicine, and it was actually like pretty much a reckoning. I I came out of that, and I remember taking a nap and waking up, and I I was just I was completely changed. It's like there's something to this, and I was like psychedelics mushroom. Like no way that is you're gonna end up in a psych ward. Like this is really <laughs> bad. Like it, people are crazy that do this, and then they like kill people or do whatever. And then I started researching it, and I started reading Larry's theories and all of these things and all of this research was coming out at the time from John Hopkins even back then and I was like well what have I got to lose I'm not I'm not going back into aviation so you know whatever let's just do this so I got a coach and got access to the plant medicine and started and it was nothing short of absolutely shifting every aspect of my life I had never dealt with a lot of the trauma from my past um our dad was a severe alcoholic 
growing up, you know, our mom was in a psych ward for a certain period of our childhood. And, you know, there was just trauma after trauma. And I didn't actually know what I didn't know. And I was, and I started to actually step into these trauma cycles or PTSD responses. And I didn't go into fear-based responses. I was like, wow, I can actually separate what we call soul from ego and make decisions for my higher self based off of who I really want to be and not who I was in the past. And that's the neuroplasticity shifts that we're seeing in the frontal lobe of the brain where you're not going into PTSD responses. And that's what they're seeing in veterans, which has been absolutely massive. So when we started seeing it in ourselves and Nicole started and everything else, we're like, we have to get involved. This is, it was one of those things when your heart aligns and you're just, I'm all in. And I'd never understood that term before, you know, being all in, I had studied, you know, psychology in college and all of these things. So it had already, of course, it was an alignment, but I, you know, I was such an adventurer and kind of having fun in life. And then this got so serious, so quick. And it was such a calling of, okay, well, I used to have this stigmas around this. I used to not believe that this worked. I was the biggest critic, would never try any kind of drugs, was so straight edge. And now everybody in our family has tried it, all of our friends. And these are people that were super religious, super, you know, especially coming from us who, you know, had pretty together lives. We're not the type that's like, oh, I've experienced every drug there is. It was actually quite the opposite, you know, and then I went down and did ayahuasca and stuff like that. That's even more um, of a neuroplasticity shift. And I was like, no wonder shamans have been around for thousands of years. No wonder it's not looking outside of you. It's going within. It's seeing who you are at your base and what your purpose is. And that's why we got into the masculine and feminine energies. But um, it was an extraordinary, I feel like I've lived 40 years in like three years. Uh, and, and, and it's been the best three years of my life. Uh, I feel so much more in purpose and so much more in alignment than I ever have in my life. And I feel free to be who I am without those constraints that I used to feel. And I didn't even realize how, how restricted and rigid I was. And plant medicine has completely freed me um, to be who I am uh, in my heart and in this world and living an authentic life. I mean, you can't ask for better. It's aligned with being happy. Yeah. Well, and Dave, you know, you, you asked, um, you know, kind of what it is. So Megan's story definitely gives you a crash course on like how it changes someone's life. But when we're actually thinking about the brain and you really want to look at what psilocybin is. So if you go down to the base creation of psilocybin or fungi, it's based out of mycelium. So mycelium is created in the dirt. And if you look at it, it's this beautiful white, um, they look like spider webs. And it looks very similar to the neuropathways in the brain. When we put them side by side, they almost look identical. And scientists actually struggled to be able to tell the difference between a picture of mycelium and a picture of the brain. And so when we're actually thinking about fungi or psilocybin, we're looking at them as actually something that is intelligent, something that is energy. Plant energy is something that we have kind of as a society stepped away from um, because, you know, Mother Earth she's her mass energy. I mean, she does it all. We look at earthquakes, we look at volcanoes, that's all energy. 
And so that's so different than looking at a fungus or um, a mushroom. And so when we're actually working with these beautiful sacred plants, we're actually working directly. They work directly in the brain. They literally have what scientists haven't quite figured out yet, how they plug in and how they work. And it's really quite this beautiful dance between nature and our bodies because it almost becomes coherent and vibrating at the same energy level. And when we go in and they look at brain scans, they can see actually parts of the brain and the subconscious mind that's lighting up. So traditional trauma doesn't allow for that to happen. Traditional trauma is walking you through these cycles over and over and over again, where psilocybin and you working through these over and over again is actually rewiring the brain. And that's when the neuroplasticity comes in. And that's when actually the mice, um, that's when the psilocybin is softening the neuroplasticity to create new neural networks to actually reprogram your story and in your subconscious mind. So we can actually rewrite our story and create a new beginning, a new path and let go of trauma. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast neuroplasticity is a like a 12 cent word we use it for the layperson who may not understand what neuroplasticity is uh, just help us understand a little of what it means i, I, I want to say it's about rewiring the brain but you know in your in your more professional speak yeah, absolutely. So it's the neural networks in the brain. So if you think of like the little nerves that they show and they have little dendrites off of them and how they connect, it makes up your personality, your responses to everything. It's like, it's what the white matter and everything is made out of. It's all of these neural networks and neural connections that make us human and make me move my arm and be able to do anything. Well, personality is all wired into that. Trauma responses are all wired into that. So when we, when you think of like softening neuroplasticity, it dense, it gets dense as we get older, right? So at like 25, your brain has completely become dense, essentially. So what <laughs> a great way to put it. <laughs> so what it does is it goes in and it softens these. And what it actually helps create is these new dendrites off of the neural network. So new neural pathways can be created. So if you go into a regular therapy session, let's say, and you're trying to like, okay, this is my trauma response. When my boyfriend gets mad at me, I scream because my mom used to do that. Okay, well, now you get to go in and the, the with mushrooms, right, with psilocybin 
present in a microdose and you get to have choice. It gives you choice because it makes you self-aware. And that's what the neuroplasticity, um, making a new neural network means is, is like, it's softening that density because when you get dense, you get rigid, you get heavy. You know, you think of children and we're trying to be more like that, right? It's like, we think that children are imperfect. We're trying to form them when actually it's the opposite. They're so perfect. They come into life. Like, I don't like that. I like this. I, they forgive like that. They move on like that. And when I think of a child, I'm like, okay, how do I get more like that? We'll put somebody on mushrooms and there's this light that all of a sudden goes off and it's like, everything's lighter. Everything is less like intense and I get to have choice. So when I go into that, you know, trauma with my boyfriend that triggers this response that my mom usually has, now I'm going to be so self-aware because those neural networks aren't dense anymore. They're getting softened. And it's like, okay, so what do the choice? And when you make that choice over and over again, this new neural pathway then forms and that becomes your personality versus this old dense trauma cycle that was formed as a child because we can't help circumstance. It is what it is. And that's why we use something called TFAR when we're working with mushrooms. Thoughts become feelings, feelings become actions. Actions result in your life. And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. Everything talks about this, but it's like, some of us need an extra help, especially if you're very traumatized or you have, and trauma is just part of being human. Uh, you know, who do I want to be? And sometimes you need just a little bit of help with that because Western medicine and the biggest issue I always had with it was it treats symptoms and not the cause. You have to get to the cause and think what you think is what you are. And we're talking about something. This is what's so amazing. We're talking about something that can rewrite how you feel about everything and feeling is the universal language that we all thrive off of. So if you can shift that and your story is no longer your trauma, but your shadows then transmuted in a light and or into your gifts, it becomes the light at the end of the tunnel for the next person to believe that they can change, to believe that they're actually good because everybody, you know, there's this fear of like, oh my God, am I a bad person? No, that's just your thought process. What you do with it and who you become is a choice. But we, the biggest thing I've found with working with psilocybin is giving people and myself that choice to what Nicole was saying is like, you're not necessarily rewriting your story, but you're feeling differently about it. Your emotional reaction to your past, because when, when you're no longer having an emotional reaction, it becomes wisdom. So when I think of the past and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for that, for the wisdom that I have gained. I can pass that wisdom on. But if I think about my past and I'm like, oh my gosh, no one's ever going to love me because of who I've been. When you shift that, it becomes a superpower. And it's like, oh my God, I cannot believe that these weren't used ugh, so long ago because suicide is the number one killer in America right now. And I, you know, I, I, I can't, children, we're here to protect children and this is something with no side effects and microdosing. A lot of times you don't even feel, and it's safe for children to use. It's like, how, how has this not been utilized? Uh, it's a question I ask myself daily and why we're in this is I, I don't want to live in a world where people don't want to be here, especially children, because everybody, and I mean this, everybody has a purpose. Everybody is here for a reason. And we are here to help you find that place because 
you're important. And people don't think that or feel that, but it's an underlying need to be important. Wow. All right. So I, I want to t- t- touch on TFAR because I think that's a really interesting thing. Thoughts become feelings. Feelings become actions. Actions become the way that you. Yep. That result. You, it's the result. Yeah. Of how. How you are in the world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And as much as, yeah, Joe Dispenza and a whole host of people have talked and thought about that forever and ever. You're offering that there is something in this medicine that can help you change your thoughts or have a different kind of appreciation for your experiences that would have then your feelings about them change and have your actions as a result to whatever that trauma response used to be become something different, which then ultimately changes the rest of your stinking life. I mean, I'm interested. This is a cool thing. (laughs) Uh, You said something that uh, I'm very curious about. You said, you know, when you're microdosing, you don't even feel it. Part of the stigma that I have or that anyone has, I mean, I'm in recovery. I'm not sure that, you know, doing anything with any substance anytime is a good idea for me. And also um, there's plenty of people that will be listening. They're like, wait a second. Uh, I got to get high to make better choices. So talk a little bit about like, what is microdosing and what are the effects that you might feel on an every single given day? So that if someone thinks that you have to be out of your gourd to uh, start making better choices, uh, you can also dispel a little bit of those rumors as well. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a hot topic. Um, And like we mentioned, and Megan had mentioned earlier, our father has nine years of recovery. He is a very active member of AA. And we actually had this conversation with him about, hey, like, what are your thoughts on it? You know, John Hopkins is saying this is the 13th step. Bill Wilson, the founder of AA, swore up and down in the 70s that LSD was going to be the cure for alcoholism. Mm And, you know, having that conversation with him was great because I'm getting the words right out of a true addict's mouth. And he said, depends on whether they're old school or they're new school. And old school is hell no, that's a substance. You wreck your recovery. It counts. You fell off the wagon. The new school is okay. Are you getting a coach? How are you using it? What is actually, what intention is involved with this? So depending on what side of the road you're on, it depends on which way you go in that regards to your own personal recovery journey. Our father is definitely supportive. He's hundred percent for it. He's read all the research. However, he is like, it's not for me. I'm an old school AA guy. You know, my sponsor is that way. And we respect that. We totally understand, but he does believe in it. Um, he is one of those that definitely is like, I think this would help people if they choose to use it. In regards to a microdose, anything under 200 micrograms or milligrams. So you're actually taking less than the average amount of Tylenol. Um, an average amount of Tylenol is 500 for like your basic headache. This is almost half. Um, And what actually happens is what it does is it turns the DMN off in your brain. So the DMN is the default mode network. It is located in the frontal cortex of the brain. And what happens when you take a microdose and you, it it interacts with this DMN, it scrambles it. So your brain kind of in the best way to describe it to people, it turns off your ego in the best way possible. You're still going to brush your teeth. You're still going to drive to work. You're still going to care about what you look like when you present yourself, but it is all of the trauma responses that you had on an everyday average. Someone cuts you off. 
driving to work and you flip them off. Well, now you're like, well, I'm not that mad at them. Like maybe they're having a bad day because you're rewiring your brain and you start to realize that you don't feel anything usually in the body. Um, we've had a few people that'll be like, wow, I really noticed my hands. They become more aware of their body, but it's not a high. Um, it's just more being present in self and in the day and in the moment is, would be the best way that I would describe it. Would you say different in that regard? Right. Um, yeah, everybody, we work with people and they're like, I don't feel anything. Like I, I notice that I'm different, but I don't feel anything. I'm like, that's the point. Yes. You should be able to function. And that's also the, you function completely normal, normal, if not better, because you're not in anxiety or depression. All of that is shut off because the DMN is actually where, um, anorexia, addiction, all of those things, the control factors live, because if you break addiction down, it's all about control and a trauma response. So when you scramble the DMN, it's kind of like the universe, the big bang, right? It's like boom and it's chaos. And then what forms out of chaos is actually order. So, um, and the other thing that I want to make clear is that mushrooms are non-addictive. There is no addictive properties to mushrooms whatsoever. And this is the beautiful thing that they're finding is, is that when you go into, you know, SSRI blockers or depression medication or anything, you're, you're, it's a life sentence. This is you're microdosing for three, four months, whatever the mentor says, right. And then you take time off. This is not something that is like, I have to do this the rest of my life. It's like, no, we're reprogramming the brain it is not a life sentence. It is not addictive. You don't have any kind of high feelings. You know, of course, if you get into like, you know, 400, 600 milligrams, which of course I've tried, you know, you're going to feel it, but for addicts and things like that, you keep it at 150, 200 milligrams because you never even feel it. Um, so you're not even having that, like, Oh my gosh, I want to feel like that again. Um, you know, shamans have been working with these for thousands of years. This is sacred medicine. This is not something that you're going to be Alcohol's addictive, uh, you know, nicotine's addictive. All these things have addictive qualities. And that's a big thing that's a shift for a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts and things that we've worked with is, you know, this is not something that your body goes, oh my gosh, I'm craving this experience. It's just such a subtle shift into self-awareness. It just gives you that choice again. So, yeah. It's, I mean, I didn't uh, agree to do the conversation because I want you to convince me one way or the other. And I'm not even sure that I'm really considering it, but it is one of these things where I also have had four or five different people over the course of the last 18 months recommend, suggest, hey, you should at least consider microdosing because of the way that they've seen something happen in their life. And I'm like, don't know that it's for me. Don't know enough about it. But I also, you know, to be honest, I've also been working out of having, again, grown up in the Nancy Reagan Senator Drugs era and a really conservative Christian household. And so um, the stigma, interestingly, from the things that you're saying, um, it feels like it's because mushrooms are a drug and drugs broadly are things that we shouldn't do. But this feels like, and again, I just, I don't know enough about it, but it feels like it's a little bit different a thing when you're talking about dosing in the way that you are. And even just some of the 
things that happen as a part of the experience relative to, you know, what might happen with something else. Right? Wrong? Right. Well, and a lot of the stigma comes from the 70s. So LSD was actually derivative from psilocybin. So the synthetic form of psilocybin is LSD. So if we look back on the history of drugs, you know, air quote drugs, and when they really started classifying these substances, they were actually, they were figuring out that the people that were using these were becoming free thinkers. They were, they were questioning norms of what the government was putting in place in the seventies. And the government was like, oh crap, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've got to put some control on this because we can't have a whole bunch of free thinkers running around healing their own trauma, waving their bras. Like it was, it was a thing. And LSD started being looked at and really studied as when they were looking to find a truth serum. The government was trying to find a truth serum as to militarize as a weapon, a foreign weapon against war hostages. And we start to like study the history of it. And it kind of starts to fall apart. You kind of start being like, this doesn't really add up. Like where, why, how, you know, they made peyote illegal because back in the day, that was a sacred medicine to the Native Americans. Well, that was a rite of passage for their boys. The boys became men when they took peyote and they went on a vision quest. That's how they created the masculine in their, you know, in their culture, but they wouldn't conform. And so they were like, fine, then if you don't want to conform to our ways, we're going to make something that's sacred to you illegal. It's really fascinating when you start to dig into the history of these and how they became such scheduled one drugs, you know, MDMA almost slipped through and almost didn't make it. And then all of a sudden the, um, there was a narcotic act in the night. It was like 1986. Don't quote me on that. It was very close, but they were like, whoa, 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 we missed one. We got to like ecstasy over here. We need to slip it in because they were trying to, they were really figuring out and we're seeing it now coming out in the research. John Hopkins is crushing it right now. They are like on a war path. They have a whole school dedicated to psychedelic medicine and they're proving like, hey, we're dropping into the subconscious. We're reprogramming people. We're watching people after two doses over two grams of psilocybin in a clinical setting have an 87% recovery rate in alcoholics that have gone through AA and fallen off the wagon for years. I mean, that is... That mental health wise is just astronomically amazing. Like I get so excited because the mental health and addiction in this country, if we can use plants to help people find themselves, that's amazing. Just one other thing to add to that is is like when you look at history of like the indigenous people or Native Americans, you know, they used peyote, mescaline, whatever you want to call it, mushrooms, all of these things. And there wasn't addictions in their society until alcohol, which destroyed, can be argued, destroyed their very culture. Because when whiskey was traded to the Native Americans, they were doing anything for it because it's of addictive qualities. Mm-hmm. So when you look at just how, what the different, you know, this was assisting their consciousness and this absolutely destroyed consciousness and we don't even hardly drink anymore because when we go out, you know, drinking makes me feel horrible. I get into a negative energy. When I take mushrooms, I love everything and just want to dance and it, <laughs> it, but it, but it's a positive yeah. feeling, but I don't, 
I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to take this every time to, in, in order to enjoy myself or with like alcohol. I used to have that, like, oh my gosh, if I don't drink, then I'm, you know, I, I'm going to be socially awkward. So even just looking at past civilizations and how alcohol has impacted versus these plant medicines, it, it, there's no compare. I mean, it's, it's just one is sacred and one is absolutely like Satan in a bottle. I'll just say it. Like it's true. People, <laughs> it is Satan. I will, I will second this motion. It is <laughs> terrible. It is. If if someone had, because I know you know addiction. Yes, you've spoken to, but like loneliness and depression. Like there's obviously like so much anxiety that exists in everyone, everywhere, all the time. Yeah. And I can only imagine that neuroplasticity shifts or you know like this kind of medicine could have some kind of effect. I, I'm thinking in like real time, I have a very close person in my life who is just going through a, a super dark time, like has been, feels stuck, tried everything conventionally, but also comes out of, you know, a, a generation where this isn't even a thing that's on the table. Like, how do you engage in a conversation when you have an insight to something that works and they have a predisposition to being absolutely not open at all because of the way that they were told or taught that this was bad, wrong, or something they should stay away from? That's a great question. And we've had a lot of people come to us with this, especially with religious backgrounds. Um, it's a huge thing of the, the shame aspect. You have to really stick with the rules, you know, and, and we really meet people where they're at. Um, we really are open. We have the conversation and provide the knowledge that we have. We give them research, we give them all the resources, and it really has to be their decision. They have to be willing to kind of step out of that box into that very uncomfortable, like, this is going against everything I was taught and told to do and all of this stigma. And I really want to make this decision because I really want to truly make change in my life. Um, and, and, and a lot of times people do come to us in they have done everything. They have sat on therapist couches. They've been on every antidepressant on the market. They are like, they're doing, I, you know, dancing on one foot kind of thing, praying to the moon gods, right? Like they, there's some weird things. And um, we just say, you know, like we meet you right where you are. And a lot of times people, once they start getting into the research now, especially because it's a super hot topic, um, especially with Colorado just prop passing their proposition, there's people now that I feel like are becoming more open because it's now legally becoming something in the mainstream. And with John Hopkins is really forging the way. I know Columbia just announced they're going, they're looking at opening a school or excuse me, a research center. Um, we've got California, San Francisco area, you know, so there's plenty of research, but we really, I think, just meet people where they are and are open. Well, yes, but it's also that like, what do you have to lose? You know, yeah. when people are coming to us, they're like, I have depression, I have anxiety. Like I'm going through a dark time. I'm going through, you know, a death or this or that. And it's like, do you want a different perspective? Like, do, do you want answers to these questions? Um, you know, have you ever gotten into meditation? Because actually the goal is meditation. Meditation, if you get into the higher realms, and we were just a Joe Dispenza retreat, so I can vouch for this, you do not need psychedelics. You, I, I went to, I don't even know how many different dimensions during his retreat, and I came out of it at one point, and I looked at my sister, and I was like, nobody needs drugs. But 
I also got there because plant medicine helped me trust soul. It helped me. And that's why one of our questions are, do you believe in a power greater than yourself? And, you know, most people that work with us say yes. And I'm like, what does your soul say? You know, you need to drop into your heart because, you know, the, the mind is to solve other people's problems. It's to communicate with others. It's to, you know, okay, I'm making an informed decision to help you process whatever. Your heart is where you're in alignment. So I'm always like, take a second and breathe and drop into your heart. What do you feel? Because people don't even know how to get in tune with their nervous system. And you're, the mind thinks, but the heart knows. So nine times out of 10, when I'm talking about something and I'm like, you might be having all these questions, but what, what does your body say? What does your heart say? Is this something that's in alignment with you? If not, that's perfectly fine. I suggest meditations and kind of but people almost always come back and they're like, you know, now that I've really thought about it, what do I have to lose? Western medicine. I mean, the side effects alone are insane. I'm like, you're going to take Tylenol that destroys your liver, but you won't take plant medicine that's been around for thousands of years because of what the programming of society has taught you. Are you ready to step outside of what you have been taught into the unknown? Joe Dispenza's quote here. 99% we cannot see. 1% is what we know. So if you step into the 99%, you have a 99% success rate. So it's like taking that leap of faith that we had to take ourselves. I I really understand this. And this is why I never pressure people. And we work off of attraction rather than promotion, just like AA. It's like, (laughs) I'm not going to shut this down your throat. It's the Buddhist philosophy of like, if you don't, if if you don't want this, I will help you find other ways because it's not in alignment for everybody. And there's rape, hape, there's all sorts of things that are much less scary because they're nicotine based because that's a comfort zone for most people that in some ways that blew my freaking head off. Like (laughs) that, that shifted, I will say with some very strong, that actually shifted me more because it was such a, it was an initiation by fire because then I started throwing up, but (laughs) it was a lot, but it changed my life. I know that sounds like just horrible. It's like, oh my God, then you started throwing up, but it was profound. Sometimes those things that are initiation by fire are those things that you need to set your soul on fire and shift you. Cause I was floating. And then it was like, I don't know, you know, whatever you believe soul, higher power, just like straight flattened me out. And it was like, <laughs> you're a healer. What are you doing? Like you're sitting here floating around like, yeah, I'm a flight attendant. Like what, what's happening? And so we have those moments in life where we fall and break our wrists or get in a car accident. And it's like, well, okay, we can either think this is the worst thing that ever happened to us, or we can look at like, where am I out of alignment and where, you know, what is the universe trying to communicate with me? Because that's TFAR. You're, you know, you can either take this into a positive and move it into, okay, this is trying to realign me, or you can be like, poor me, I'm in victimhood. And victimhood is, I will not tolerate it. It's like you step in or life, you're either doing life or life's doing you. No one's going to save you. It's, but you step in and you take those chances and you go into the unknown and the 99%, your life is going to be one hell of a ride and you have no idea where it's going, but you're going to love, love it. There's going to be life in your body and in your bones and you know, this is what mushrooms have done for us. And that's why we're so all in with it because it was a stepping stone into, 
into living. I didn't realize I was a zombie. (laughs) I was living other people's lives. I was believing their rules. And I was like, you know what? F this, I can make my own rules. Nobody's rules fall apply to you. That's what's so amazing. It's like, what life do you want to live? Be free, fly. It's like getting kicked out of the nest. Like more people need to just like, boo. Anyway. Well, and I think Dave, when you had asked, when you mentioned about anxiety, you know, anxiety only lives in the past or the future. Anxiety doesn't live in the present moment. And I think I ask clients all the time, like, where are you today? Mm -hmm. Like they come to me, Nicole, I'm so, I'm so anxious. I'm like having the worst day I've ever. Like, I'm like, did you journal? Are you present? Do you know what day it is? (laughs) Do you even know what time it is? And then it's like, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, like I am so far into this presentation that's at the end of the week, or I don't know, like something happened last week and they're still stuck on it and they haven't processed it. And it's like, okay, be here right now. And then how do you feel? And all of a sudden they're like, wow, I feel so much better. And I'm like, because anxiety only lives in the past or the future, but it does not exist in the present moment. I mean, listening to you guys talk, you are like high on life, number one. (laughs) I'm We're gonna, not even on mushrooms. Yeah. We're so- no, I was going to make a, a very bad generalization of you must live in Colorado because you are like, there's like this, and I mean this in a, in a good way, but there's like a hippie vibe. There is like, carefree, we are going to be aligned with who we truly are. Yeah. And I think to be honest, like for some people, they're going to hear this and they're going to be like, what in the world? <laughs> and it's, I, I'm going to guess that it's only a thing that like, it, like don't judge it until you try it or like at least do life with some people who've had some real experience before you make too big a leap around it. Because um, man, I mean, like there's an infectious nature to how excited you are about life and living. Like, I, yeah, I, I want some of that also. <laughs> but I, there's also, I just, I'm going to say it, like there's just also some natural like, I can't believe that this is actually a real thing because it also feels, I don't know, like I think it plays against some of my like, oh, there's like woo-woo in the world. I stay away from the woo-woo and I do pretty traditional things. But there is, you know, curiosity is like now higher because of having had this conversation than it was before, in part because of getting to see your energy in in real life. You (laughs) mentioned the passage of a bill. I know Colorado previously decriminalized marijuana, but... What is the what was the bill around psychedelics? Did it, I, it, I don't know if it passed or if it's in front of Congress there or whatever it is. But how might that play into destigmatizing the work that you guys are doing? Okay, so this is a very exciting topic for us. Um, so Proposition One Twenty Two was formally passed. We voted on it, and a very small portion it went through. We are setting the precedents here in Colorado as. Per usual, we like go big because that's what we do. Coloradoans, it must be our energy, right? And so just like marijuana, we went for it. We decriminalized and legalized at the exact same time. Um, and so Colorado had decriminalized only in Denver for psilocybin use and the beginning of um, exper- um, trial ketamine. This happened in 2020. This year we passed legalizing it statewide and decriminalizing it statewide. It is the biggest psilocybin um, along with other therapeutic drugs that the United States has ever passed. Um, So we're on the forefront of this, which is amazing because it's going to give a lot of people a lot of alternative options, especially opening the gateway to more research. Um, I'm a very research-based 
logical, linear human. Um, I can get very emotional about things when it comes to the research. I need the data. And I think a lot of people are kind of like that when it's starting to question psilocybin and these therapies, because I used to be very much Western medicine. Um, you know, I, before COVID had gotten into nursing school, I was going to go back to school. Um, I wanted to be a midwife with like a Western holistic approach. You know, I was, I was in the job I was working. I was seeing a lot of trauma with women and I was like, I can't, uh, I need to change, change it somehow. And I, I really did believe in Western medicine. I, I still think that Western medicine has its place, especially for catastrophic events. I know it has saved my life, um, having had an emergency surgery in college, um, that I would have died if I didn't have Western medicine. So for, you know, the aspect of giving people an option to also look at this is really what Proposition 122 has done in Colorado. And it's so amazing because now these, um, a lot of the universities now can get funding. Now we can really jump in because now Oregon also did this um, in 2022. Everything will be legal for opening January 1st, 2024. We were just up there actually last week and we're, we're in Bend and we were there already stuff coming up. There's dispensaries getting ready to pop up. There's healing centers. Um, so it's really like we're on the forefront of this new medicine. And it's really, I think what I, like I said, it's really going to open the doors to remove this stigma of like, oh, it's kind of taboo. It's kind of woo woo. I have to go work with a shaman. Like I have to go to Peru. Like I have to spend all this money to go down to Mexico. You know, I have to buy it illegally. Now it's like, okay, it's going to be available. If you wanted to go microdose, you could go down to a healing center when obviously when they open and access it under the guidance of someone who understands this sacred medicine. And I think that that really just removes this like scary feeling of like, okay, I'm, I don't have any other options, but this is now a safe space for me. And now I can explore this with the understanding that I have someone almost like holding me to know that if something happens, they are there for me. They're able to help me integrate their help. You know, I'm not alone. Like if if you knew that there was someone that was like, man, I am stuck. I've been in a funk. I've got a ton of depression, depressive issues. I'm having a really consistent trauma response. I want to break those patterns. What's the, what's the way? The way. What's the way? What's the way? (laughs) There's several ways. Well, there, there's several ways, but I, I think as a whole society and culture, um, we can agree that something needs to change. We're, you know, we're the most connected we've ever been. We're, but we're the loneliest we've ever been. You know, there, there's, there's so much happening where it's like, okay, a lot of people are feeling like this. That's why we're seeing the violence and the reactions in society to what the likes of which we've never experienced or had to go through. I am very, very confident that these will be a huge part of medicine. Ten years from now, we're going to be just a completely different society because of these. It's the hope for the future and people that have stigma with it. Think about the songs in the 70s that were written on mushrooms versus the vile stuff that's in, you know, uh, a lot of the music today is just dark energy. I can't even listen to it. But if you go back to like the 70s and when people are on mushrooms, there's a loving energy of frequency. Everything's frequency. (laughs) Tap into your soul. Like, you know, I've had a lot of issues around mental health issues. Um, You know, I've had eating disorders. I've, you know, as a teenager, I had severe 
issues. And I can say today that I don't have any of those problems. And three years ago, I still did. So, you know, today I'm an embodied whole person and my story is how I get to guide other people. So if you're in a very, very dark place, just know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and that that story is going to be a gift for somebody else. Um, and don't give up. Like there, there's, there's answers out there and they're coming more and more every day. And, um, we're going to see a huge change in the mental health world. Like it's, it's coming. If not, I will push it myself. (laughs) I will do it myself. I don't care. Um, I believe in that this much. And I, our whole heart and soul is in here and in this, and we hope that this, that people try it. Well, and I think another thing too, Dave, is if people really want to try this, I would tell them commit to a coach, spend the money and commit to a coach because you can absolutely microdose by yourself. And we have people come to us all the time. I've been microdosing for five months every day. And we're like, whoa, 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 time out. What's happening? And they're, they're like, I can't sleep. I this, I'm that. And I'm like, oh, your neuroplasticity is really squishy. We need to like solidify it and like get it back to where it needs to be. And we need to restart. So, but working with a coach really helps you set an intention and recreate positive habits in your life. Also, they keep you like on your shit. Like you have to show up or, and you have, they keep you accountable. And when there's someone else keeping you accountable, you're usually more likely to be successful. Yeah. Also, we also highly recommend getting a coach. If you're trying to come off any SSRIs, anything that is addictive pharmaceutically, work with your doctor and work with a coach because psilocybin actually can really help reprogram the serotonin and dopamine in the brain to be able to wean yourself off to those slowly while addressing why you were on them in the first place simultaneously and really working with a medical professional. We have doctors all the time working. We work with clients who've come to us and we're chatting with their doctor and they're like, Hey, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and we've seen massive results and, you know, there it's a very big thing right now in the medical world. A lot of people are wanting alternatives to these SSRIs. Please, 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 please don't just do it yourself. It can be very dangerous and it can be very um, traumatizing to the brain and the chemicals. Um, We don't want to like obviously cause any more trauma to the brain. Um, So, you know, please talk to a medical professional if you're going to start doing um, weaning yourself off of any medical um, pharmaceutical. Megan and Nicole, this has been so interesting, so informative. You answered so many good questions. The like stigma that I had. I probably still have some, but I am more informed. I think the information actually makes me want to dive deeper into and learn more about it, which, you know, is maybe the thing that I'd hope for, for anyone who's listening that came in and was like, oh, I don't know about this. It seems crazy. Uh, maybe it's less crazy now. And in the less craziness gives you permission to do a little bit of a deeper dive and understand a little bit more of the research and all of that. So thank you guys for being here today. I appreciate it so much. If people are interested in Knowing about you more, learning more about your work, where do you send them on the internet? Zynchronicity222.com. We also have a Instagram, which is Zynchronicity222, our business page. And then we have Zynchronicity underscore sisters, which is our sister page where you get to see more of the background of who we are. Right on. All right. If you had to leave our listeners with a single final thought, something that you believe that they need permission to reach for peace or freedom or anything else, what's the single thing that you would tell our listeners 
today? Get curious um, because like you just said, Dave, curiosity is what will actually shift the future. Ask questions, know your why, and don't just believe something because somebody else told you to. Find your why and do your own research because being curious is essentially what shifted our lives and be open. Uh, you know, everybody has something to teach you. So trust the 99% you can't see. Ooh, good work, you guys. Then it goes kind of hand in hand with being curious. Love that. All right. Megan and Nicole, appreciate y'all being here today. Listeners, appreciate you listening as well. I hope your mind was open to something that maybe before it may would not have been opened to, at least for this possibility of being a little bit more curious and tapping into that other 99% that we don't know about. Until next week, thanks for listening. Thanks again, Megan and Nicole, for being here. We'll see you on the next episode of Rise Together. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. I appreciate you all being here so, so much. Before you go, I just want to make mention of one thing that I am so excited about. My daughter, Noah, and I have put together a delightful, an amazing, a wonderful children's picture book. It's based on the fun video series that we've done online called Tea Time with Noah, and it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It, uh, it comes out on November 8th, and it's a book that hopefully encourages children to be brave, to believe in themselves, to dream big. Uh, in this, our first adventure, Noah has this big dream of becoming a sea captain. She realizes in pursuing this dream that it's not all smooth sailing. She doesn't know how to captain, doesn't have a ship, doesn't know how to build one. And that process of having to learn and try and fail and get back up teaches her that she has so much of what she's always needed already inside of her and that every time it didn't go her way, it equipped her with some skills that allowed her to be even stronger and more resilient and believe more in herself on the other side. Again, it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It comes out on November 8th and you can get it anywhere books are sold. For more info, head to the link in the show notes or to here's to your dreams.com.